how to conduct fire risk assessments. As I do with all of these, disclaimer, this information will not make you competent at carrying out fire risk assessments. You should already have a formal qualification in fire safety and have spent time being mentored by experienced professionals. This information will simply help you in how to conduct a fire risk assessment with the training and knowledge you already possess. So, a good fire risk assessment starts with a meeting with a responsible person or person in charge of the premises. Armed with a paper and pen, tablet or laptop, find out about the site. When it was built, the construction materials, if known, you might be able to tell this by walking around. The history of fires or false alarms, details of any fire authority visits. Find out about the occupants of the premises, including staff, visitors, people sleeping on site, contractors, other occupants if it's a shared building. What time does the premises operate? Do they have sufficient staff for evacuation at their least staff times? Ask about their emergency procedures, including any training provided to fire wardens or staff. Obtain a copy of their building layout drawings, typically from their fire alarm zone chart. You'll need to check this to make sure it's accurate while walking around and it'll help you if you get disorientated. Ask if they have any specific concerns they would like you to look at. If possible, look at a previous fire risk assessment before you walk around. It'll give you the opportunity to verify if issues that have been resolved. Start your premises tour and walk the entire premises. Start at the top and work your way down. Make sure you are escorted by somebody with premises knowledge and keys to all the rooms. And by the top, I mean the roof, if accessible. Roof voids, suspended ceilings and lofts. Start in the furthest corner and work your way around. Check all these areas for detection, flammable and combustible materials, compartmentation and emergency lighting if applicable. If these areas are excessive, are travel distances exceeded? Could someone working up in these areas be unable to get to a place of relative safety easily? If not, do they need additional loft hatches or escape routes? Next, the top floor of the premises, although you may do this in conjunction with the loft areas. As you enter or leave a new room, consider the following. This list is long, so get a pen and paper ready or make sure you're listening. Consider the escape type. Is it single direction or multi-direction? And the distance? Is there visible emergency escape directional signage? I.e. could you, if you were unfamiliar with the building, find your way to the nearest exit with signage alone? Where are the nearest extinguishers? Are they of the correct type? Are they in service state? Are they undamaged, etc.? Unobstructed? And are they on the way to escape, ideally at story or final exits, strategically placed throughout the building? Are manual call points within 25 metres? But more importantly, are they by fire hazards? Again, are they by story or final exits? Do they need to be tamper-proof? If needed, is there evacuation equipment? Look up. Don't get bored of saying this. Look up. Is there automatic fire detection? Is it the correct type? Is there automatic fire suppression or emergency lighting? If there isn't, does there need to be? Are fire alarm sounders and or flashing beacons in sufficient number? Speak to the person you're with. Do they do audibility tests? Have a look around. Are ignition sources being controlled? Are flammable and combustible materials kept to the bare minimum and kept away from ignition sources? Are oxygen cylinders well controlled? Are there fire doors? 
open them and close them? All of them. Do they latch on their own? Are they actually 30-minute fire doors? Are there strips and seals around the outside? Are there three hinges? Are the gaps around the doors correct and to the correct standard? Is there signage on the door? And is it being adhered to? If there is no self-closer, is the door normally locked? This isn't a piece in education on fire door inspections, but these are the things you should be looking at if you're not ready. Is there glazing in the fire doors or in other locations? And is it suitably fire resisting? Is the building suitably compartmented? Are long corridors subject to strategically placed fire doors to reduce compartment sizes? Check as many doors as you can. There may be exceptions, especially for sleeping accommodation. So if you can't check an area or a door, then note this on your assessment. Make your way along the building using the above for each and every room and area you enter and leave. And as you inch your way along the corridor, stop. Take note, have a look around, look for all these things. Take your time, you need to get this right. In reality, people could die if you get this wrong. Be nosy, look in every nook and cranny. Make no apologies. Look in plant rooms, lift motor rooms, bathrooms, storage cupboards, wherever you want. Are there refuge locations throughout the building? Do there need to be? Are final exits readily open on? Are there escape routes? Do they include unobstructed views? Can they be used by less mobile people? Would someone in a wheelchair or with a walking stick, frail elderly, be able to actually use these escape routes? Are the following items connected to the fire alarm systems they will disable in the event of activation? Cooking equipment, gas supply, lifts, Make sure you walk outside the premises too. Are the external escape routes suitable and sufficient? Are there sufficient arson control measures in place? Deterrence, lighting, CCTV, bins locked away from the building. Finally, it's time to take a look at the paperwork. Are fire safety checks being carried out and documented? Is part of the equipment being maintained and inspected by competent people? You should hopefully have a list on your fire risk assessment, especially if you're using something like PAS 79. It'll indicate making sure that you're checking that fire alarm systems, emergency lighting, heating appliances, fixed and portable electrics, portable and fixed firefighting equipment, firefighting riser mains, lightning protection systems, etc. etc. have all been maintained. There are suitable documents and any actions have been carried out. Are drills being carried out and documented? Are they suitable for the environment? Are personal emergency evacuation plans, PEEPs, in place for anyone that needs assistance in the event of fire? Again, don't rush it. Take your time. Look through any and all paperwork. As mentioned, this is not meant to be an exhaustive list. There are numerous guides out there for specific building types. Search for fire safety risk assessments from the CLG and you'll find some great guidance. Remember, it is just guidance. However, if you're not familiar with, but you should be, make sure you've read the RRFSO or whatever actually applies to your area or region. Read BS9999, PAS 79 and BS5839 as bare minimums. Thank you for listening.